And hello, this is the Christ Life Podcast, where the talk is real and relatable. I'm your host, Scooby Crockett, and this is our second episode ever for this podcast. And I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to do this project as I spoke about the, in the last episode. So let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time, God. We pray, Lord, that it'll be a time of edification, a time of truth, a time of your spirit filling every single part of who we are. Lead us into your truth. Direct us into your truth, O God, as your word says. In Jesus' name, amen. So this episode is about overcoming temptation. Temptation. All of us face it. Temptation's everywhere. It's something that we cannot hide from. Uh, We cannot go to the most, you could say, holy place on the earth and escape it or even separate ourselves from everything and be away from temptation. Temptation is prevalent. It's everywhere uh, in the earth. And um, so I want to talk about today how to overcome temptation. Now, when you think of temptation, what immediately comes to mind? What comes to your mind when you think about the word temptation? For me, I imagine like a trap, like just imagine like this mouse trap that's been uh, uh, refigured, restructured to not catch mice, but to catch like people, uh, to catch like um, human souls. I can just picture like this like weird demonic mouse, you know, kind of like in the shadows next to this trap thing, you know, this demonic thing like saying, yeah, I'm going to trap you in this trap. That's what comes to my mind when I think about temptation, because really it is a trap it's, and it's almost like a mouse trap, if you will. Uh, when you look at a mouse trap, you know, what do you see? You, you think about the little piece of cheese in this contraption. And basically the cheese lures the mouse in. The mouse comes, eats the cheese, and then triggers the trap. Trap, is, uh, trap attacks and boom, catches the mouse. Temptation is no difference in our present world, in, in our present day. If you think about it, temptation, there's always something that's attracting about it. Uh, take, for example, cigarettes. We look at cigarettes, maybe it's before our time. I'm 26, so, you know, 20 whatever years before my time when they had the commercials of cigarettes. You know, they had the advertisements everywhere about these very beautiful people, successful people smoking cigarettes. It made it look cool. It made it look hip. It made it look desirable. It made it look okay. But in fact, it was a temptation. It was a trap because after people began to smoke the cigarettes, they became addicted to it. They were trapped in the cycle. It was a learn. It looked good. Uh, for people to do. And so temptation is disguised to look good. So we as Christians, we as people fall into the trap and then stuck. We become bondage. We become enslaved uh, to either an addiction or to sin to the enemy. Um, For me, a big temptation for me as I begin to search for the Lord, as I begin to follow Jesus, was women, was the sexual desire. That's a big temptation. Uh, I believe especially for men. I'm sure women face it. I feel like it's more prevalent in men. Men, I believe, have a sex drive that is just, I mean, it's crazy. Um, you know, you look at young boys, you look at you look at teenagers, you look at high school guys. I mean, it's, it's just continuously going. 
And I know women have a sex drive as well. I'm not saying they don't. But for men, I believe, I'm a man, so I know I'm, I've never been a woman. And I don't intend on being a woman ever. But for me, I'm a man, so I know a lot of these feelings. So for me, in college, serving the Lord as a brand new Christian, sexual temptation was a big thing. I mean, I would cry at times. Because I, before that, I was watching pornography like every day. I mean, before I got I got involved with a girl um, and I began to date her and I was still watching porn, but I began to stop because I was kind of coming to God and I didn't want to disgrace her and, and all that stuff. But I mean, I was watching pornography in high school and early part of college like every day. I was literally addicted to it. I would just look forward to coming home um, from school, you know, in high school. Um, even I think the later parts of middle school, I was looking forward to coming home because I knew no one would be there and then be able to watch pornography. And it, it, I was trapped. I was hooked. You know, I didn't have to pay anything for it, but I was addicted to it. So that was something big for me. And I know if you're listening to this and you're a guy, um, you may be going through a similar thing. You may be battling pornography. If you're a girl, uh, maybe it's maybe it's a boyfriend you're dating, and he maybe not might not be saved, and he you know and that's a different top you know talk in itself. But maybe you're being tempted in that sense, or maybe it's a temptation uh, to be bitter, a temptation to be frustrated, a temptation to, to be hateful, to be unforgiven, a temptation to hate yourself, um, a temptation to overeat, a temptation. I mean, there's so many in the earth that people are facing, and the Bible tells us that there's no temptation that's not common to man right? Every temptation we go through, someone else is going through it. And I think the devil tries to make it very unique and say, no, you're the only person. You're weird. Something's wrong with you. You're the one going through this. You're the one going with these thoughts in your mind. No one else is going through it. It's just you. That's a lie from hell. Because every temptation that we go through is common in the human race. It's common. Someone's dealing with it. You know, I may not have battles with suicidal thoughts, but there may be someone else that is. And there may be someone that's not battling sexual thoughts and then someone that is. So for this podcast, now that I've laid, I think, a, a decent foundation about temptation, a rhyme foundation of temptation, um, now let's talk about overcoming it. Because <laughs> I am not the Christian that says we're all sinners, Okay, and you may disagree with that, and you can disagree with it if you want. You can quote Bible verses and whatnot. I am not in the place, and I don't think I ever will be in the future, to say, well, we're all going to be sinners to the day we die. That's a cop-out, okay? And I'm not, you know, if you say that, I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm not trying to hit you, but I'm, because you may be saying it with a different heart, okay? You, you may be saying it with a different heart, but a lot of people I talk to, when I evangelize, um, you know, they say this like, there's nothing we can do. We're going to sin till the day we die. And, you know, why even bother trying to stop? Right. And that's that's what I'm really trying to hit. Um, that mentality. Bas- it's, it's a defeat mentality. It's a mentality basically saying that the blood is not enough, that the power of the Holy Spirit is not enough for me to have victory. That's what it's saying. It's saying that we're going to be slaves to sin. And indeed, we were slaves to sin. Paul talks about it. We were slaves to sin. You know, we were held captive by the prince of the power of the air. We were all natures, uh, all of our nature was of wrath. We were children of disobedience. You know, Paul talks about that. We've all committed sin and fallen short of the glory of God. But then Paul also says this, and he's talking to Christians, 
liken yourself dead to sin. Liken yourself dead. Consider yourself dead to sin. It's no longer I that lives, says Paul, but Christ that lives in me. So the Bible talks about this transformation that takes place when we come to the Lord. When I came to the Lord, something took place and I stopped doing what I used to do. And it was very difficult. So, but again, I'm going off on a little tangent. I purpose of this, look, if you want to if you want to hear about how to overcome temptation, keep listening to the podcast. If you're if you're perfectly content in your sin, I would encourage you to keep listening to the podcast, but I'm going to talk about how to overcome sin, okay? And I want to do it biblically. I want to do it practically, okay? So for me, pornography was a big thing, right? And when I came to the Lord, when I came and I began to serve God, it didn't take very long for me to realize that pornography was wrong, to lust after a woman, to look at naked women. I'm not even married to, and I'm just watching them. They don't even know I'm watching them. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's, it's just foolish, and it gets in your mind. So for me, I, the first thing is this. you got to acknowledge that it's sin, that it's wrong. If you don't think pornography is wrong, then why even fight against it? But acknowledging that it's sin, that's, that's the first step. It's acknowledging that something's wrong in the eyes of God and that you shouldn't do it. Second thing is, is to find the way out of that temptation. So the Bible says that God will make a way of escape when temptation comes. That was one of the most powerful verses I had in my arsenal of verses. And I'm not that very good at memorizing things. I'm not very good at directions and names and all that. But that was a verse that stuck in me because that was a promise from the Word of God, from a man named Paul who was filled with the Holy Spirit, who told us and gave us this promise that God would make a way of escape. That's amazing. Every temptation that comes, that's common to man, God will make a tem- God excuse me God will make a way out of that temptation. He'll make a way of escape. I, when I think about that verse, I think about this. You know when you're like in a movie theater, yeah, movie theater is perfect. You're in a movie theater. What can you see in the movie theater when the lights go dark? When everything else is dark and the screen is on or maybe the screen is dimmed or whatever. What do you see? You see the exit sign, right? In the corner, you see it there. It's brightly lit. God does that for us. He gives an exit sign for that. So, step one, acknowledging that it's wrong and that you don't want to do it. Step two, acknowledging that there is an escape. Because you may believe something's wrong. Many people believe things are wrong, but they may not believe there is an escape, that there's a way out. Okay? There is a way out. The Word of God promises us this. So, I held on to that promise. So, when I got tempted with pornography... I knew in my heart that I did not have to do it, okay? Now, fleshly, I may wanted to do it, want of to do it, wanted to do it, but I knew that if I did, that would be sin in the eyes of God, and I didn't want to do that to my Lord. So how did I get over it? How did it overcome? And just to tell you, it's been six years. Is it six years? Close to six, five, between five and six years since I've watched pornography, willfully. I mean, you go to a mall and there's like pornography out in the open or even drive down the street. But I'm talking about willfully getting on my computer, typing it in and watching pornography. I've not done it in five, over five years. And that's amazing. That is because of God. That's because of the risen Savior that lives inside of me. 
And it's not because I'm better than these other guys. It's because I believe in God. Uh, I believe in his promises. And so to get to this point, it took suffering, okay? Um, The word of God doesn't say it's going to be easy, right? There's there's suffering involved in the Christian life, and that's part of it. It goes hand in hand. However, there can be joy in the suffering. And earlier in my walk, that was something God was teaching me because I, I felt like uh, God took away every good thing that I had, or at least everything that I thought felt good, at least, and that I would have to just suffer the rest of my life. And indeed, there is suffering in the Christian life. There's suffering in the non-Christian life as well. But God was teaching me, no, there's joy in this. So I began my journey just quitting pornography. And the one way I did it was, was believing that I didn't have to do it, and that this temptation would go away, that it wouldn't remain. Because, man, you're going, you know, you're, you're in college. You want to do the right thing. You're walking to class, and there's these women everywhere, everywhere. I went to UCF, 60,000 students go to, that attend UCF, and it's in the middle, smack dab middle of Florida. And you're walking around, and women, they just wear whatever they want to wear a lot of the time. And I'm trying to be a good Christian. Man, I wear glasses. I wear contacts and glasses. I would wear my glasses, go to school, and on the way to class, take my glasses off. Because I'm blind as a bat without my glasses. Um, I know God can heal my eyes. In Jesus' name, may he do so. But I would take my glasses off. And just so you know, my vision is 2,400. Okay? Just a little side note. What people can see at 400 feet away, I have to be 20 feet away to see the exact same thing. It's pretty bad. However, it can be a blessing. I turned that into a blessing because I would take my glasses off and walk to class and I couldn't see anything except for a bunch of uh, forms. You know, I, I didn't know what people were wearing. I could tell they were people because they were moving. I could see colors. I could walk where I was going, but I didn't have to look at women dressed in very inappropriate ways. And so it, it was small things like that, small things like that, that brought great victory. Okay. Um, spending time in prayer, uh, fasting was very big, you know, like, cause I really wanted to be free from it. I didn't, it hurts so much to be, to be drawn away by sexual lust and everything. So I was taking steps here. It was separating myself. It was turning my head the other way, you know, watching my thought processes and then crying out to God because there was times where I wanted to look at pornography and it would be so painful And I would just cry out to God because God is able to save. He's able to bring relief. And so he was doing that during that time. So what I want to tell you, uh, listener, you know, if you're battling a certain sin, acknowledge what it is, okay? Call it out. This is sin. This is wrong. Now call out also that God is able to bring you an exit and believe in that, that when you enter into this this arena where temptation is present, that God will give you the exit sign to leave. And it may hurt, okay? Like, I'm not telling you it's just going to be, it's going to be easy to get out of a temptation. You can get out. And, you know, a verse that comes to mind is in Peter. And it says, those, how's the verse go? Those that embrace suffering, those that have suffered have ceased from sin. Those that have suffered and like those that have suffered have ceased from sin, so there is, like even right there in the Word of God, those that have suffered, basically those that have, that have embraced suffering, that aren't afraid of suffering, but have embraced it, have ceased from their sin. You know, you, 
You think about the person that's addicted to drugs and they're trying to get off of drugs. Maybe it's heroin. Maybe maybe they're alcoholics. They're trying to get clean. You know, they go through some withdrawals, right? They go through some painful withdrawals. Sometimes they die going through these withdrawals. It's so painful. But they're still going through a process of suffering to get out of that addiction. And I believe it's similar in the spiritual life. It's similar because we are separating ourselves from the world and we're getting out of the clutches of Satan and we're applying the blood of Jesus and we're moving and the enemy's just coming in like a flood and there's certain suffering involved. But man, you embrace the suffering and you keep going and you keep going towards that exit sign and you believe in the Lord and you proclaim his goodness and you begin to worship him. Man, that temptation is going to go away. Like, I'm not tempted, you know, to go and watch pornography anymore. Like, that is so far away from who I am. I'm not tempted to go get drunk. I'm not tempted to cheat on my wife. These things aren't there because I've walked with the Lord uh, for these years. And momentum, momentum, momentum builds, builds, and builds. And the closer you get to God, man, the more powerful you become when temptation comes. See, now I deal with different types of temptation that I I don't really remember when I was younger in the faith. You know, I battle, now I see other temptations like pride, like to feel prideful, you know, about certain things or bitter. Like these little things that before I wouldn't have thought so much about now are becoming more clear because as as I enter more into holiness and I move from glory to glory and faith to faith, the little things that I overlooked before are now coming to the forefront. And as someone that loves God, I want to overcome even the little things, you know, because those little things can turn into big things. And that's one thing to realize about temptation and having the victory over temptation Temptation can come as a little seed, right? Uh, It can come as like a little sproutling. It doesn't look that big or scary. But man, as it gets bigger and bigger, it's harder to to get rid of. I was talking with my friend um, the other day. We were evangelizing and we were talking about we're talking about something. I think we're yeah, we're talking about a discipleship, you know, someone being born again, you know, and talking about uh, Jesus with the seed. And the parable of the seed and the sower and how the seeds planted and some of the seeds sprout up but they're choked by the thorns right they, they they're carried away by the uh the worries of this life and they lose and they die but the ones that were true and the ones that were on good soil sprouted up and gave a, a big increase you know when that sproutling thing that brings a big increase becomes a big tree it's much more difficult for the enemy to come birds don't come and pick and try and take down a tree, right? You know, you can't. Thorns have no power against a, a mighty tree. So what happens, the thorns try and wrap around it, but the tree is, is it's almost, it's pretty much unmovable, okay? So, I mean, you can apply this in so many ways. So specifically for temptation, when you feel something coming into your spirit that's not of God, get rid of it right away. You don't want it to small. Uh, uh, um, you know, turn into something bigger. You don't want it to, what's, that, what's that, that phrase, you know, snowball effect where it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger because then it's more difficult to stop. And you can't, I mean, it doesn't matter what temptation you're going through, no matter how big the snowball is or how big the tree is, God is able to destroy it. However, I want you all to just take out the little things before they turn into big things. Let's live above reproach. Let's not give the enemy any footing in our lives. Let's overcome, by the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb and not loving our lives unto death. Okay? So, 
recapping everything that we talked about. Well, maybe not everything we talked about, but um, but the main things concerning overcoming temptation. Acknowledge that something is sin. Okay, you use the word of God. See, we don't judge people according to the flesh, right? I don't look at someone and just judge out of opinion. We don't. When we judge or we make a judgment, we do it based on the word of God, right? That's why I know drunkenness is wrong because the word of God says it's wrong. So when someone says, hey, you can't judge me. Say, I'm not judging you. I'm just, I'm, the word of God says drunkenness is a sin, and therefore I believe it. It's not my, it's not my opinion. It's what God says. So we look at the word of God. We see what is sin in our life. Our conscience will also bear witness of what is sin. Okay, you acknowledge what it is. And then step two, you believe that the Lord will make an exit for you to escape that temptation. I mean, it doesn't matter what temptation you're going through. See, that's the, that's the thing that the enemy does. And I remember this for, in my walk. See, it's easy to talk about it now. But man, when you're in the temptation, you're in the darkness, it's hard to see the exit sign. The enemy makes you believe that this is never going to go away. That it's always going to be like this and you're always going to you're always going to feel this way. It's a lie from the enemy because we know a day passes by, two days has passed by, something feels different. For me, there will be days that were more difficult than, than others. So don't allow the enemy to lie to you and say that there is no exit, there is no hope, you're always going to feel like this because he wants to make you feel depressed. <laughs> he wants to make you feel like there is no hope. Okay, The devil brings hopelessness. Christ brings Hope, hope, a hope of a better tomorrow, a hope of a better now. So, you know, that's, that's the second step, really acknowledging that and believing in it. And then the third step, I believe, is to go towards the exit sign and endure, embrace the suffering that comes with going towards that exit sign. Because honestly, look at Jesus, man. You know, we talk about the Christ life. What, what do we mean by the Christ life, the Christian life? What does that life look like? It looks like Jesus. <laughs> what did G- look at his entire life. There was joy in his life, but there was suffering. The cross was suffering, but there was a hope in the midst of the suffering. You know, so it's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost like a paradox or something or almost like an oxymoron. There's suffering, but there's hope. There's joy in the suffering. Like what? This doesn't make any sense. But in the kingdom of God, it does, you know, so... So acknowledge, believe, and endure. I know. I mean, God, he, he, he so wants us to have the victory. God's not looking for us to fail. He doesn't want us to fail. He wants us to have victory over everything. You know, one Bible translation says that the Lord always leads us as like a continuous uh, victory parade, right? A continuous. And I believe it. God wants us to walk in victory. He doesn't want us to walk into defeats. He wants us to move on. You know, we, you know, we hear about people and they always say, oh, I'm just a poor, wretched sinner and we're all sinners. Oh, God, woe is us. You're so good and holy, but I'm so miserable. I'm unworthy to come and speak to you. And there may be certain, you know, value in that and whatever. But, man, God didn't, God's not trying to raise up a bunch of, like, um, depressed, heartbroken, woe is me people. I mean, <laughs> Remember Isaiah when he sees the Lord, he says, "Woe is me! I'm of a people of unclean lips. I I'm of, of unclean lips." Did, did God say anything? What happened? Did God acknowledge what he was saying? He said, "Yes, Isaiah, uh, you are of unclean lips. You all of your people are, and you always be of unclean lips." No. What did God do? 
He had the angel come. You know, he took the tongs and took a little coal, and that coal touched his lips and says, your sin's purged. And then God says, who will go for us? <laughs> you know, God is looking for people, and he's saying, who will go for us? You want to be cleansed of your sin? Well, here's the coal. Here's the blood. I've made way for your sin to be purged. Even in the Old Testament, you made a way. In the New Testament, we have a better way. We don't have, ultimately, we don't have a coal. We don't have these little lambs and rams and bulls and goats. We have Jesus' blood. That's, a, that's the best way. You can't, you can't beat that, the blood of the Son of God, to make expiation for our sins, to wash our, our sins away. So, friend, I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray for you uh, in a little bit before we close out this podcast. There is hope in Jesus. There is hope, and there's hope for the people in your life because God enjoys doing the impossible. God enjoys showing the people of the earth that what the people believe is impossible, God can do because he's God. <laughs> and God wants you to succeed. He wants you to have victory. He wants you to walk in holiness. You can walk in holiness by the grace of God. Grace empowers us to walk out the Christ life. It really does. And there's so much of God's grace. You know, the Bible talks about the bountiful riches, you know, just the riches of his grace and of his knowledge. He abounds towards us in all wisdom and prudence. I mean, God is a giving God, you know. He gave Jesus to the world. And so, yeah, I hope this helps. You know, it's 25 minutes, you know, podcast. Um, but I hope this is something you can chew on, um, something that you can listen to again, you can share with a friend. You know, whatever you want to do with this podcast. This podcast is going to be live on uh, the God Sounds website. It's godsounds.com going to be uh, available on YouTube, um, and then it's also going to be available on the iTunes, um, the iTunes podcast part. So feel free to download it for free, listen to it, share it, whatever you want. Um, pray for the podcast. Pray that the Lord uses this. And let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for whoever is listening to this podcast, whoever may be touched um, just by the message. Uh, people right now that are, that are listening that are going through temptation. Maybe they haven't spoken about this with anyone. Maybe they haven't spoken about it with you. Oh God, but Father, I pray, oh Lord, you come by the power of the Holy Spirit and by your grace and you rip apart, Lord, this temptation. You rip apart any of, these, any of the seeds that the enemy has sown in these individuals' lives, God, and you bring restoration. Lord, you, you, you stir up all that soil, God, and you plant seeds from heaven inside of these individuals, Lord, that will sprout into a mighty trees of righteousness and fruit, love, and there's holiness. Lord, I pray for an increase of holiness and righteousness in the body of Christ. God, that people will walk out the Christian life, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit and bring you glory. God, I thank you. In Jesus' name, thank you, everybody.